Hi, Mr. and Mrs. America, Nola Ships at Sea. This is your cult hero, Ed Sheehan, educator of masses, movie star. You know, hey, it gets better and better as it goes along. Did I do it right? This is Joe, the brains of the operation, and today we're going to talk about pricing. You know, it's basically the same. Somebody's they, they're going to come up with this stuff that they want, and you're on it. We're on it because it's already something that we do. It's just about reading what it says and then presenting it, like you said, to the customer as, yeah, we already do this. This is how we do it. Here's a sample of it. Let us know what you want to do. Last year, when Local Law 69 came out, which is about bed bug reporting in New York City, everybody was like, what do we do? What do we do? And we were like, send us the law and send us what you need because we don't have access to the site because we're not property owners. So they sent us everything they needed and we created a report for them and sent it to them. And that was it. And they loved it. They didn't have to ask anyone else. We got recommendations to where their friends called us and said, how do we fill this out? It was good for business too. But like you said, it's just about being prepared and, and staying on top of your career and your livelihood. When you can come up with something like that, just in my own case, those two people that two hospitals, one was a hospital, one was a nursing home, they didn't even question the price. <laughs> they just wanted that goddamn form. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it was a simple thing to do. You just go in and walk around, do all this shit out, ask them a couple of questions, and you're to go. So, yeah, it puts you above the herd, which we always were. You just had to get recognized. We were always above the mob. What's a good starting point for raising prices? you got to look at inflation. What is it? So the inflation now, they're telling me the inflation is nothing. But when you go to the store, you're paying more money for groceries and shit. Um, what is a good, you know, I can only go back to my friend Seymour Levy, rest in peace. And when I bought his Brooklyn route, we started talking and he told me about, you got 10, $10 people, $10 stocks. He raised everybody $2, which was a lot, 20%. He goes, I guarantee you two of them are going to quit. They're the biggest ball busters and give you the most trouble. Let them go. Now you're doing eight stops, but you get $96. You're out $4, but you got more time to go get more stops. So 20% is too much. I don't know. You build it into the contract, 2 or 3% a year. I think it depends on the level of service. I think it depends on the economy around you. Over the past five years, minimum wage has gone from... Well, that, that blew you out of the water because the uh, dummycrats... A hell bent on putting you out of business. They don't give a shit as long as they didn't tax me. We could. That's a whole nother. Yeah, but we we were paying our guys that before they raised it. Uh, yes, a hundred percent. I know, but if you really think about it, you were paying guys fifteen dollars an hour in nineteen ninety three, right? Some, Some guys. guys. That's six hundred a week. Some, Some guys, guys. Yeah. Right. So now it's twenty six years later. And yeah. That, and that's the minimum wage, and people were still complaining, uh, complaining about having to pay it. You got to pay people. But raising prices, the problem with a huge raise like that is catching up to it and your customers allowing you to catch up to it. By rule of thumb, a good way to raise prices is through CPI, Consumer Price Index. Yeah. Consumer Price Index is good because it fluctuates and it can be over 3% at times and it gives you a better truth to what's going on. And it is industry specific. A lot of contracts will make a percentage and put CPI in there 
and it'll say whichever is less. You know, and there's a difference between price raising with major commercial accounts versus residential. So with commercial, you want to get your foot in the door and they usually have a contract and they want the contract to be that price for the length of the contract. So your goal is to negotiate the best price for the next two to three years, depending on the commercial account. What we've been fortunate to do is that we, we've got majority of them down to two years, no increases the second year. And then when we go back to renew, we do a five-year renewal with increases every year or depending on we take the temperature of the customer, we'll do year one, 7% increase, year two, no increase, year three, 6% increase, year four, 3% increase, and year five will go to like 5%, let's say. And we'll break it up for them and show them like, look, we're giving you a year for free and it averages out to 5% over the course of the five years. And then we lock that up for five years. We have the increases built in and we don't think about it again for five years. Yeah, but if you say it averages out to 5%, that's 5% a year. So over five years, it's 25% increase. Shh. What? It's all about how you sell it. <laughs> I, I just said that because I wanted you to know I'm pretty quick with numbers. I know. Either way, if you think about it, over five years, 25% over five years is not unreasonable. What we're currently dealing with is customers under terms already or under contract already, and we can't navigate the increases in increases in supplies with the trade wars and everything. There's been significant increases in our supplies. So where we might may have wanted to say, hey, listen, we need a 3% increase. And look, you can always jump in and say, due to the current way of the world, we need to add a 3% increase. When gas was at $4, people put a $1 fee a month on every customer as a gas surcharge. You could do surcharges and stuff like that. I'm not a fan of it because I, my thing is, is a contract is a contract. And you know, I was raised your word is your word. However, that being said, during the credit crisis of 2008, nine, a lot of large companies had no trouble asking us to redo the contract with decreases due to the credit crisis and the recession. So that changed my mind a little bit, but we still try and hold the price to the contract and just try and navigate it differently, make better deals elsewhere, you know? All right. What about the guys that jump into the industry and just start undercutting prices? What about them? They can't, you know, they jump into the industry. What did they do before? What background do they have? How much expertise do they have? You're always going to get a customer that tells you, oh, we guys are doing it a lot cheaper than you. And I remember doing this nursing home and um, they said, well, we got to put it out for a bit. We had a guy who could do it $10,000 cheaper than you. I said, well, then you's, you're going to walk away? I said, yeah, I'm going to walk away. And three months, they called me back. They said, listen, we're going to get rid of that guy, but there was another guy who was like $6,000 cheaper than you. I said, well, what do you want me to cut back on? Oh, no, you can't cut back on anything. So use the other guy then. We had that happen at a pretty good-sized nursing home. Our price was cut in half, and, of course, ownership went with it. They called us, and the place was already underpriced. I priced it low when I first started. I made the rookie mistake of wanting to get in and being a one-man operation, and it was priced low, so the raises were difficult over time. Three months later, when they called us back and they wanted us to start 
two days after the phone call. Yeah. I said, no problem, but we discussed an increase, which is why you have, oh, you can't do the increase. I said, okay, that's fine. I understand. Good luck with your current company. Call us when you're ready to step up to the plate. Yeah. And uh, they still did it. They went with it. They took the increase, and we were in there in two days, and the place went from like sporadic roach complaints to out of 14 floors, 10 floors were infested. We had to shut them down and do clean outs. Which was, was I involved in that cleanup? No, that was years ago. Oh, anyway, another, another quick story. We had done this big building. It was a bank building. It's a green monster. And um, we had been on it from when it was a hole in the ground. And everything was under control. And they called me and they said, we have a company, a major company, could do it for half your price. I said, no, they can't. They're just telling you. So anyway, they called us back six months later. I wanted an increase. They said, listen, we'll give you eight other stops. If you can keep the price of this one the same, and you could just give us a fair price on the other one. So we picked up eight other stops, and I charged them a good sum of money. And we got the thing back. And, of course, mice were all over the place, and we knew what to do to get rid of the mice, yada, yada, yada. You know, then there's other times they go with the half, and you never hear from them again. So, fuck Excuse me. Um... Never mind. I forget I said that. The last part. Anyway. People that come in and they want to ride a bubble, and we saw this with bed bugs in eight or nine years ago when it really hit, the shit hit the fan in New York. People jump in, but like you said, they don't yeah, know what to do, and yeah. they don't have the expertise, and they're just riding a bubble. And then a couple of years later, they want to sell the business. You go there, you look at it, their, their men are all independent, what do you call them, independent contractors and crap? Yeah. Or they got a few guys, they're paying them crap. You talk to the guys on the side, they're very unhappy. This guy don't give a shit about it. The guy looks like a piece of shit. You can see it's a screwed up operation. And he just wants to get out and make a few bucks in his pocket and go screw up somewhere else. So pricing in general, you have to know how much money you want to make on top of your costs. And that is what we call profit, right? Yeah. So you need to know what you want your profit to be. You should put a percentage on it. And very important, when calculating your hourly rate, you must put your salary in there. When I say that, I mean in that spreadsheet that I talk about, there's a management cost, there's an office cost. And the reason that we have them in there is because those people are not producing revenue. So they go into the cost of producing revenue. Right, right, right. So if, if your salary is 100000 and your management combined salary is 200000 and your office staff combined salary is 100000 right? Yeah. Did you do that math? 400000 Right. Then you take that 400000 and you put that over, if you got 20 techs, whatever, whatever the number of techs is, that's your cost. You add that to the hourly rate, and then the formulation in there comes into play. But a lot of what managers and, I'm sorry, what owners don't do is they don't include their salary. And that's a mistake because then you don't know your true cost because you're not running a route. And even if you are, it should still be included because you're eventually not going to be and you shouldn't be. And it's when we talk about working in your business versus working on your business and running a route, I think we would all agree, is not what an owner should be doing after they're established with a certain amount of technicians. Okay, I agree. It wasn't my style, but... 
It, you you didn't run a route every day where you had set stops. You no, I you did not. Picked and choose what you wanted to go see. You paid attention to the pulse of the operation and knew areas you wanted to check up on and see what was going on there to make sure your techs were doing the right thing. And you did it almost like as a public relation things to go visit right. customers, right. Exactly. which is exactly. completely different than having to do seven stops today. And on Wednesdays, I would go fishing off my boat sometimes. All right. Well, listen, you can add insult to injury. They're going to rub that in my face. <laughs> You never liked the boat when I had it. I was too young to enjoy it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not too old to enjoy it when you get your boat. I'm not getting a boat. Oh, okay. I'm only getting a boat if it's a yacht with a cap. Woo! Yeah. Now you're talking. That's right. Thank you again for listening. If you want to know more about our membership group, go to the website, conleyconfidential.com. Click on the red button. If you're ready for coaching, click the red button. Remember the website, ConleyConfidential.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Joey Buns saying thank you for listening. I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening or whenever you're listening to this. And remember, we're on twice a week, Tuesday and Thursdays. Why don't you become a member? Go to Colony Confidential. Check it out. If you got any questions, let us know. There's things you need to know, things you like, let us know. Things you don't like, let us know too. You could be very helpful. So anyway, until next time, Mr. and Mrs. American All Ships at Sea, this is Ed Sheen wishing you a good day or good evening, whichever the case may be. And until we meet again, God bless you. Doing business now is so different than back in my day. I mean, as well as technology. <laughs> yeah, so we talked to a lot of business owners. Here's what a lot of pest control companies are having problems with. One is having an easy streamlined way to confirm appointments, manage leads, keeping in touch in a way that's easy. And then there's the reviews, right? With everything else that companies are managing, it does become a lot. And letting it slide can't be an option. So what's this Podium thing I hear you talking about? How does Podium help address these issues? What does it do? Podium allows pest management companies to convert lead generation at a higher rate. What is lead generation? That's lead, oh, generating leads. Using all these fancy words. Right, so it's, it's acquiring of new customers. Basically what it does is it allows your business to be textable through Google, Facebook, you could do it through your website, LinkedIn, and even regular just texting back and forth. So of course this makes it more convenient to communicate with more customers at once. You can even send review invites by text to your customers and make it easy for them to leave the reviews right through the platform. If you remember, we looked at that survey, Bright Local, from last year, and it was over 85% of consumers read online reviews before they make a decision. So the star rating of your business and the numbers of reviews influences your next customer's decision. So Podium helps you get more reviews, which gets you to more incoming leads, which gets you more business, and it's a game changer. Want Podium to help you grow your business? Go to our website and click on the blue button on the homepage. Remember, colonyconfidential.com.